0: Welcome to the Money Mentors Podcast. So I don't know about you, but I'm ready for summer and now we're getting all this rain that I know we need. We need it badly. (laughs) And then but it's taken away from my boating time. So I don't know about you, but hey Rain Rain. Only rain at night, please.
1: Right, When it's really dark. Yes. Well, I doesn't say not at night because then you can't do your nightly cruise. So, yeah, it has to be <laughs> night-night time. Right. Right? Like when <laughs> I'm in bed,
0: it may rain. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. 2 a.m. to
2: 4 a.m. maybe, yeah. you know, something Perfect. like that.
0: Good. <laughs> or even, you know, I go to bed a little earlier, so you could even do like midnight.
2: Sure, why not? I
0: mean, I don't have to be too picky.
2: <laughs> but yes, Good if we could just time it that way, but uh, you know, I wish we could time the market too, but that doesn't mm-hmm. work either, does it?
0: Well, it does, like not? a broken clock. <laughs> well, it does like a broken clock. Every once in a while you get lucky and, right. and then it hits, but uh, yeah. <laughs> T- market timers are dead and gone.
2: Well, it kind of leads into our first story here on Money Mentors. And thanks so much for joining us here with Gary Matson and Laurel Stewart. Uh, actually, it, more Americans right now own stocks that at any point in the last 15 years since the start of the Great Recession. In fact, a recent Gallup survey says 61% of U.S. adults have money invested now in the market. And Yahoo Finance's Carrie Hansen says one reason is more Americans are working right now and saving in their 401Ks, but then there's another reason too. The number one reason is, you know, they're not a lot in the last year or so, there haven't been a lot of alternatives to investing your money, right? I mean, fixed income, CDs, money markets were at 1% or below. I mean, it was really nowhere to go. So people stayed invested. That's one reason. There just wasn't another alternative. And as you've mentioned over the years on this show, there are always more options than simply stocks, right?
0: Yeah, and that's why we say you really want to be diversified. And when we talk about diversification, people think, okay, stocks and bonds, but actually, we're going to talk about three ways to be diversified. You know, assets, of course, that's your stocks and your bonds, but we want to add into that real estate, private equity, hedge fund, commodities, even foreign currency, because we know that when the markets go down, a third of the time now, stocks and bonds have been negative. So, a third of the time in the last 23 Three years the market's gone down, negative stocks and bonds. So if all you've got is stocks and bonds, you felt all of that. And if you have the other assets there, it doesn't have to be a lot percentage of those, but we can actually reduce that risk and get better returns. And then we want asset classes. So this is talking about maybe a stock that's a blue chip value versus a blue chip growth. So we want diversified asset classes. And then you ready for this? We want investment strategies to be diversified. So you have like buy and hold and dividend investing, tactical investing. This allows you to take advantage of the markets, not the markets dictating to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've been saying that for the last, well, ever since we've been on the, the radio and ever before that, is that you really got to have diversification and it's not just diversified by stocks and bonds. It's the other two assets as well.
1: Well, I think the important thing, too, comes down to our investing philosophy of what we believe in here at Matson Financial. And like Dad said, we believe in diversification amongst all these different ways or different areas, because now more than ever, everything is so volatile all the time. Right, And so you can't just have one area that you're steady at. And I also want to put a plug in here. Guys, don't be too emotional when you're investing. I know there's a lot of companies now that are taking different political stances and it's easy to get caught up in that, but let's go back to the value of the stock. Put the emotion aside. Is your emotion more important that you want that love for the company? You know, you could be more socially responsible or are your returns and that long term more important? So that's up to you. We're here to help you, but wanted to make that there. But when it comes back to our philosophy We believe in buying low and selling high.
0: Consistently.
1: Yes, and one way to do that is when we do have market volatility and market downturns, taking from positions and buying in to these markets for that opportunity of what that growth looks like in the future. Once again, to your point, Jennifer, that you made there in the beginning, we don't time the market. So if we're in a down part of the market, we don't know if we're at the bottom, if there's more to come or even the same on the upside. We don't know when that will end, but we know buying low and selling high always comes true, so we stick to that as the philosophy.
0: Yeah, and we're doing it for you without fees. So in other words, we don't charge you to rebalance your portfolio, to buy or sell.
1: No trade fees, correct.
0: No trade fees, so by doing that, not only are we taking advantage of the market, but you're not paying for something that you're wondering, is it really for me or is it Mm -hmm. something they should be doing? That's so important to have that clarity real life lessons about your retirement. You're listening to the Money Mentors Podcast.
2: Well, it's interesting. I had a conversation with an older friend recently. You know, I'm only 21, so they have a few decades on. They're they're 29. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, they've been a really good saver and they they don't have anything flashy or anything like that, but I know they have really good habits. So it was interesting what he told me, though, about his journey to financial success. He says it was the first 50 to 100,000 that was really hard for him to save early on. After that, though, he says it got easier. And then when he reached a million the two million level, it got even easier. Does it really get easier to build that kind of wealth over time? What is it about you know, that first part that's the hardest, maybe getting to a million or so?
0: Well, one of the reasons that the first million is so hard is because it's a large amount and you're starting where most people begin at nothing. So you gotta go from nothing to a million, that's a big move. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money obviously to create. But as you get on, you know, if you're going to go from a million to two million, again, that's 100%. But if I'm going to go to two million to three million, well, that's only 50%. So it's true, as you get wealthier, it actually comes to a point where you have these good instincts, the fundamentals like putting a chunk of your fortune into relatively safe avenue, Using that as income, and that gives you the confidence to go out and actually take on more risk or more leveraging. Mm-hmm. My wife, Nancy, hates leveraging.
2: So <laughs> you're saying
0: what's leveraging? Well, that's where you take five dollars and control hundred. Huh. And if you do well with that, you maybe get the hundred. Yeah, so when I was very young, I actually had a house, and I leveraged it by borrowing more money. Than the house was worth, but I bought a second house. Then oh. I used those two, and I ended up having eight houses. Huh. Then I leveraged all eight of those houses and bought a 42-unit apartment building. Wow. And so now you have all this debt, don't get me wrong, but you have the income flow in to pay it off. And eventually, those people pay off your debt, and now you have that money coming to you. So leveraging assets is a good thing way to build wealth as long as you understand what you're doing
1: and also another lesson don't play Monopoly with my dad (laughs) because he's really good at leveraging with those things and he wins the board. It drives my mom crazy. It's so fun to play, because she's always buying the utilities, and dad's always buying the blue district there and putting the monstrosities and about to make you bankrupt, so good luck.
0: Yeah, if I just got Park Place and Boardwalk and I traded everything else away, so I can have those two, eventually that monopoly is gonna pay off. You just gotta be patient, And again, we've seen it where people go right on by that little corner five or six times, and now they got all this money, but as soon as they hit hit that hotel, (laughs) I own half of you. (laughs) And and so that's what you want to do is that, now you got to do it within your own temperament. Some people don't want to be in real estate. Some people don't want to be a landlord. So it really comes down to what is your comfort zone and that's where you should operate in. Now, I was always of the mind that what I didn't understand I wouldn't do, so I learned some different things out there as time went on, so I got out of my comfort zone, sometimes I was uncomfortable, digital assets. Perfect example, I was in digital assets for a while, cryptocurrency, and I eventually got to the point where it was too difficult for me to manage even my own portfolio, so I got out of it completely. Now, does that mean digital assets are bad? No, but for me, it was uncomfortable, I didn't feel I could dedicate the right amount of time to it, so I'm out weekly lessons from your money mentors? Yes. Hit the subscribe button now and listen every weekend on Wood Radio.
2: The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results.